this episode kicks off, what are our topics tonight? Well, we'll mention a little bit about what happened last night, uh, the Stanley Cup champion, Washington Capitals. We'll talk about that for a little bit. Um, we're not going to dwell on that, though. That will be for another show. Um, but we are going to talk about uh, some musical acts that we've slept on, like groups that you were... Maybe you heard one or two songs, you're like, these guys are pretty good. And you end up listening to the whole album, you're like, well, damn, these guys are really good. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about our favorite comic book moments. But that's not all. We'll be talking about a lot more because all of these episodes we do, we, there's never just one thing that we talk yeah. about. We always so. venture off elsewhere. Exactly. So talking to Mike. GGR. <laughs> GGR. <laughs> GGR Pirate Radio uh, X. Mike on the mic. On Rock Deep Rogue Radio starts... Right now. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns uh. are for jerks. <laughs> Run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. Throw him in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, you're back on the streets doing the yeah. same damn thing. So you just put him in the morgue. I didn't know I did. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? The great pirate wobbles is here for you. Pain heals. Chicks dig scars. Glory. Last forever. If you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will. What's in the box? Kill her, you son of a... It's called Pirate Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is Mike on the Mic on the Rock Deep Rogue Radio Network. Uh, we're sponsored by GGR Pirate Radio. Uh, we've got a wonderful and fantastic show for you guys tonight. Uh, alongside me, as always, I've got Mr. Steve Monick. Hello, everybody. In studio, I've got the lovely and talented Mr. James Rambo. Hey, hey. I also have fellow Rock Deep Rogue Ro- Radio alumni. His name is MC Brooks. Howdy. Uh, we've also got uh, Charmaine, the chauffeur, in the studio as well. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's kick things off here. Um, Marcus, you introduced me to a song. I had actually heard yes. it before. Um, I was a big. I had heard it before, but I never really like downloaded and really appreciated it. But uh, I think we need to listen to it right now, if I can find it. Oh, there it is. Uh, the band is called Darkest Hour. There we go. And the song is called Rock the Red. Well, we're playing this for a particular reason. I'm just gonna let it go for a second. I'm just saying, penguins don't have any metal songs for them, do they? <laughs> Darkest hour. Yeah, it is. It will. Uh, it's kind of a fitting thing too, because oftentimes in the playoffs, it is the cat's yeah. darkest hour. So, <laughs> Pretty much. Like, it's. It's our history. Exactly. <laughs> the the laughter is genuine. The pain is real. Um, Normally, being a Caps fan is a practice in just hatred of yourself. Like, you just self-loathing of, like, after they lose, you find yourself at a Sonic at, like, 11 o'clock at night, like, crushing, like, a a giant, like, 
one of those flurry things with like the Butterfinger and you add extra chocolate <laughs> sauce because truly you hate yourself. Why do you hate yourself? Because your sports team can't succeed, which makes no sense. You didn't have anything to do with it. It's not like right. you missed the goal. It's not like you had a mental lapse and committed a, a two-minute minor in the last 10 seconds of the game, giving the other team a chance to score on a power play. No, you didn't do that. Your team did. But somehow that's your fault, and you feel responsible for that. <laughs> but on the flip side, when they win, you're responsible for that too, right? It's the sweetest feeling ever. It truly, it truly is. And like last night... It, for those of you unfamiliar, because I know that like EK the DJ, who is the uh, the host here, uh, we're in his studio at FXBG uh, Public Radio down here in Fredericksburg, Virginia. He's not a sports fan, so anytime we do a show and we talk about sports, he gets mad at me. He's like, "I don't even want to listen to this. Like, why do you do that?" And I'm like, "Because it's my show, and I'll do what I goddamn want. That's why." Yeah, I thought we tailored these shows specifically to EK the DJ's needs. Is that not the case? No, not anymore. No, we stopped doing that. That was that was in my contract. So <laughs> I'm, we're gonna need to talk off air here. Yeah, we're gonna have to renegotiate. Yeah. Um, but like he, he loves when we, we talk about like our nerdy things, which we're going to talk about that too, but just to diverge for just a minute, like it, when you've been a sports fan for any period of time and especially with this one, and I've given my history on, on this, uh, on this particular team, the caps, I've been a caps fan since I was about seven years old. That was the first caps game I ever went to. And the reason I went was because my aunt used to work in the ticket office at the old capital capital center. So she used to like literally like sneak me into games. Like I would go <laughs> hang out with her and she'd be like, all right, the coast is clear. Come on, let's go watch the game. And like we would go watch the game and I would get to go down on the ice and see the players and meet the coaches. And like it, it's a level of connection that you don't get with the NFL that you really can't get with MLB. Because MLB, as we found out trying to reach out to them for like press credentials, they're very standoffish and very old school. Yeah. Like, they're very, like, 1930s in their mindset. Like, I just imagine them all, like, wearing those hats like the, <laughs> that say press on the side, like, with a piece of paper. Giant flashbulb cameras. Exactly. Exactly. Mickey Mantle, <laughs> tell us about what happened mustache. in this last game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Curly mustaches. Exactly. Yeah. And they have that, that, that way of talking about them, you know? Like, <laughs> bottom of the ninth, two outs. <laughs> um, but hockey isn't like that hockey is like a bunch of blue collar dudes like drunk canadians missing half their teeth that like if they weren't hockey players they would probably be working at like a lumber yard or like digging ditches like these are like blue collar dudes and that's part of the reason why the caps have made such a connection with this community right is when they're not playing like they build parks in the dc area they work with like local uh like local youth groups and stuff like that to try to help children that don't have the means to go to camp or to do anything after school. Like they set up programs. Like, in fact, there was a kid who, um, we had a big snowstorm a couple of years ago and he was sledding down a hill and he got hit by a car and the kid was like in, in horrible condition and the caps like rallied around him. Like the, the organization paid for all of his medical bills um, they like went to the hospital to see him. They brought him like in a wheelchair out on the ice for one of the games. Holy like shit. The, the team just really got behind this community and like the Redskins don't do that. They don't give a fuck about DC. <laughs> <laughs> like Dan Snyder. Really? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. He's not, he's he not a, like a, such an altruistic man. Didn't he buy an old woman, a house near the, where he wanted to live? <laughs> no, that would be the exact opposite. No, he sued an old woman who couldn't pay for her season tickets because her husband died oh, and she no. had cancer. Oh, no. Dan Snyder's a good guy, yeah. by the way. Oh, yeah. um, but at any rate, that's that's why this team means so much to me is because, one, you got to be part of their growth because they started – they were one of the younger teams. I mean, they, they started in 1974, but, like, they got behind the community. They've been part of the community. 
And watching them lose was just that much gut-wrenching because you knew that these were good guys. But finally getting them to see, see them win and seeing Alexander Ovechkin, who basically is just like a giant child. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like the movie Big. It's like they took an eight-year-old Russian kid and they were like, we're going to make you 6'4", 250 pounds, an unstoppable locomotive on ice skates. And he was just like, okay, cool. Can I have some candy after this? <laughs> like, that's, that's Alex Ovechkin. Watching him hold that cup for the first time and hearing the utter joy in his voice as he screamed and like and held the the cup over his head was just like it was incredible and like again too like to see to see it mean that much to a community but also like to a team to a player it's awesome and then of course being the man child that he is he takes it with him throughout Vegas last night and he's like <laughs> drinking all of his beverages out of the cup like he's taking like like entire bottles of champagne, pouring them into the top of the cup, and drinking out of the cup, carrying it around with him like it's like it's a fucking backpack, you know? Like it's just it was it was awesome, and I've I've had my gush moment. I'm good. I'll talk about this again probably eight million <laughs> times. Like, but it was it it was all those gut wrenching moments, all those times that they got beat by the Penguins or they got beat by the Rangers or they got swept by the fucking Lightning of all teams. <laughs> like it was worth it. For this, it was it was worth it. And if this is the only cup they win, like everybody's like, hey, well, maybe they're gonna re- repeat. No, I, you know what? If that would be great. But if they don't, it doesn't fucking matter because this one moment was awesome. You're just happy to see a guy like him get over the hump too, because of yeah. all the of all the major sports, he's our he's probably our longest tenured uh, local superstar. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's good after 13 years of being here and failure after failure to finally see him yeah. get over the hump to get. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh off his back oh, to yeah. get uh, Vegas off off our backs after oh, yeah. going down after game uh, in game one. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. And like, also too, watching his Instagram and watching his Snapchat, <laughs> every single thing he did, he was saying, "DC, this is for you. Washington, DC, this is for you. Get some beers. Let's time to celebrate." Yeah, get some beers. <laughs> He's like, what, like when Pierre Maguire was like, "What do you suggest to the Washington fans? Get some beers or some other drinks and let's celebrate." Like that's this this dude. Like, he's going to show up to camp, and if he's, like, 350 pounds, I don't even care. <laughs> like, he, he, he deserved that, you know? Like, but he won't because he, it's not him. He wouldn't do that. Like, it's – okay. I've had my moment. Thank you. All let's, right. Let's start the show. Steve. Yo. You came up with this idea, man. The, 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 give us the concept behind this, like, the, the musical genius that is Steve Monick. What are we talking about tonight, bud? Well, first off, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I like it a lot, but, I, I, you know, <laughs> technically, I don't know. But so what, what, what I'm doing at work, I have the ability to listen to music while I'm working. And I was like, you know what? I have a crap ton of music. There's a bunch of it I haven't listened to in like forever. I'm going to go through it alphabetically and I'm just going to start top to bottom. Okay. And I had like uh, probably 75% of the catalog of the band Asia. And I've listened to maybe two of their songs. <laughs> and I just listened through them and like... I, I, I'm a real big into prog rock, uh, progressive rock. For those who don't know, it's odd time signatures, very technically proficient songs that are like 10 to 12 minutes, like weird crap that no, nobody likes, but weirdos like me. And Asia kind of falls into that. And I'm like, why have I not been listening to them this whole time? I've had the, these CDs for forever and I'm just now listening to it. So I texted Mike and I'm like, you ever get that feeling like there's a band you've just slept on, like you've heard their hits and never got into the full catalog or a really trusted friend or reviewer says, 
hey, you really should check this out. I know you and I know you would like them. You go, yeah, yeah, I'll get on it. And you never do. Yeah. That was kind of the, the, the idea that sparked when I listened to them. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go through my library here and start going through these bands that I've, I've been sleeping on. I, I you know, I, I've, I've been asleep at the wheel. I should have been listening to these guys. So that was the first band. Uh, and not to say I'm like a huge fan of them now or anything, but they were much, much better. Like everyone knows Heat of the Moment because they've seen the 40-Year-Old Virgin. And that's yeah. the extent that everyone knows the band Asia. <laughs> but I was surprised with how much better their entire catalog was. And it was very, like I said, prog rocky, which is uh, kind of a prog prog hole I fell into after listening to them. And that's what a lot of my list is. But that was the whole yeah. thrust of the idea of where this came from. Okay. And uh, if you guys want to listen to this playlist, too, uh, go to Spotify. Look up Slept on Bands. Uh, and it's created by me, Mike Lunsford. So you guys can be part of it. You can actually add music to it as well. Uh, so we appreciate your input if we miss any of those slept on bands. So Asia was your first choice. And I got to say, man, the only song I really knew of them was Heat of the Moment. And I would say 40-Year-Old Virgin, but I also remember an episode of South Park when Cartman sang this, too. So, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he definitely sang this. Like, Let me see. Actually, I'm going to see if I can find it. Um, yeah, you know what? Never mind. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm sure he, the he, he sang it. version is in there. Yeah. Just, just imagine it. Have yourself there, a second. And, yeah. and there it is. Okay. You guys are familiar with the concept or the the idea of concept albums, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like a couple of mine are on there, but like Asia has a couple concept albums as well. Um, so I'm I'm real into that. I like the idea. I mean, Mike and I have done a podcast like our favorite bands, and I always like Coheed and Cambria because they're like a concept band. I've always loved that kind of stuff, and they have a lot of that in their various albums yeah. that have. Marcus insane just Marcus weirdo. just totally fist bumped right there too. Yes. He was like, "Yes, I love Coheed and Cambria. I love Coheed. That's correct. Well, that's why we're best friends. <laughs> there you go. See, Marcus, you're making friends now, man. Um, what I wanted to again too, I didn't even know they were a prog rock band. I had no idea that Asia was prog rock. I just figured they were just like like kitschy '80s, like you know, hey, everything's happy and great, you know, like yeah, I, like, I think they were kind of that, that one hit wonder, and you know. then. And like you can tell, like sometimes you can tell a band like I like the band Yes a lot as well or Rush. Yeah. And if you look at their cover out, like their covers of their albums, like you can just tell, like, oh, this is going to be some trippy, weird stuff. Um, pr- because of the nature of prog rock, like it's a very general title. You know what I mean? Because the whole point is like, hey, every album's a little bit different. You can tell it's this band by their general sound, but. Okay, we're gonna have this album that has six songs on it, and they're all crazy long. Or we're gonna have ones that are more pop, you can play on the radio kind of stuff. But for me, like when you get these real weird, trippy bands with concept albums and stuff, like in my mind, that's prog rock. Okay, I'm gonna go in a different direction for my first choice on Slept On Bands, and it's it's the same basic principle, but for a different reason. And the first one I have is David Bowie. The reason why I have David Bowie is because he was one of those people that everybody had told me, oh, Bowie's a man, Bowie's a god, he's wonderful, he's fantastic, like, everything that he does is magic, and he just, like, he just, he speaks to my soul. And I was just like, okay, cool, great, I'll listen to it some other time, because I don't have time for this, for his weird shit, you know? Like, Ziggy Stardust, no thanks. And it wasn't until after he died. I mean, like, I'd always respected him. It was never like, like, oh, David Bowie's an asshole. No, it was never that. Like, it was always just like, oh, I'll listen to his stuff later. And then after he passed away, I was like, well, shit, now I have to. I really need to give this guy the respect that he's due. And was blown away by how much great music, and not just good music, like great music he, he was involved with. And, like, I found this song, Modern Love. 
which was a song that like I didn't even know anything about it. Like I started learning that like he did this with uh, the guy's name was Niles. I can't remember his last name, but he was a famous uh, R and B producer. Like in the, in the oh. old days of Motown, oh. you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, my brain keeps my nerve brain keeps being like Niles Calder. I'm like, no, yeah. that's Doom Patrol. <laughs> that's Doom Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I know I know yeah. exactly who you're talking about. He he uh, he worked on um, uh, Daft Punk's last album as well. Yeah. Um, and he's just like a. Oh, fuck the shit out of me when I hear I'm it. gonna find it. Hang on, I'm pulling it up right now. Let me see if I can get it. Uh, Modern Love. Do, 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 do. Control F. Niles. And of course, it's not there. Oh, <laughs> it's not Niles. That's why it's Nile. N I L E. Nile uh, Rogers. Uh, yes. There we go. But like famous, famous, famous music producer. Um, from like the the, the disco, soul, uh, R and B, rock, funk, Motown. I mean, this guy is just. There and Bowie worked with him in the '80s when really nobody else would. And like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the interviews that Bowie did on MTV and MTV's like infancy, but like he was being interviewed by one of the VJs, right? And Bowie basically called the dude out, and he's like, "How come you only play white people music on MTV?" Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He made this whole thing about like, and and not even like angrily, just like, why is that? Yeah, and just like very pointedly asked the question and like. Yeah. <laughs> Him in the eye, like, uh. the whitest guy that ever lived, right? I yeah. mean, like, Bowie, like, nailed it, right? Yeah. Well, they, and that's the thing about Bowie, is Bowie was, like, if you looking at him, you would think that he was just, like, milk toast. But, like, ultimately, like, he just progressive in, in levels that, like, we can't even, like, imagine in today's standard. Like, he was so ahead of his time. Like, but the fact that he was working with Niall Rogers, and nobody else was working with Niall Rogers. They were like, oh, well, white musicians shouldn't be working with him. And he's like, well, why not? The guy's an amazing musician. And the fact that he was thinking about this stuff in the 80s when we're just now getting to it, you know? Yeah. We're just now getting to inclusivity when it comes to music, when it comes to arts. And right. Bowie was just like, I'm going to do this shit in the 80s because I'm from outer space. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, like, that was, it was more of an appreciation thing for me that it was almost like, man, I wish I had gone back and listened yeah. to him when everybody was telling me to. But I'm a stubborn asshole, and I don't do anything that anybody tells me to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> Now, Marcus, I know that you didn't really get a chance to tabulate any of this list or no. really come up with anything. Uh, well, I, I do have a couple. I did, okay. I did put, a, like, just in the last, like, five minutes, put together, like, a small list. I like this. So, Working on the fly. All right. The first group I'm going to go with yeah. is um, a group called At The Drive-In. At The Drive-In. At The oh, Drive-In. yeah. Mars Volta. If you're, yeah. if you're a big fan, if you are a big fan of the Mars Volta. Oh, I love the Mars Volta. This is the band that preceded them that eventually led to the creation of the Mars Volta. So I'm going to play a song called uh, One Arm Scissor. One Arm Scissor. Good song. Okay. Probably their their, most, their probably the most popular song. Okay. And it sounds like you and Steve are just like on the same page here. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Like, I always liked the Mars Volta. Like, back in college, I, like, I heard songs here and there. I thought it was cool. And back then, when I liked an artist, like, I wanted to know everything that there was to know about this yeah. band or group. So... I did some research and I was like, "Oh, I like the name at the drive-in." So I just, I think I just YouTubed, uh, YouTubed them and found this song actually. And I was like, "Yo, this sounds incredible. This sounds like, this sounds like a mixture of a, a few different bands that I can't think of. Yeah, I, I don't think I listen to them anymore. Yeah, but a, a couple <laughs> different bands. Yeah, and I was like, "Yo, this is this is fantastic." So then I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna check out that check out their album, uh, Relationship of Command," and I. I'm someone who really enjoys weird, experimental, just kind of out there type of stuff. Yeah. And like doing transitions when you're not expecting transitions and, 
you know, just busting out from something soft into something heavy. Pause. And, and yeah, I, I, I think they're super slept on because I, I feel like so many people know about the Mars Volta. Like, if you mention them, people have heard of them. They've heard music by them. Yeah. They've seen them perform. But they're not as familiar with, with At The Drive-In who kind of led to the creation of the Mars Volta. Yeah. And even if you go to some of their their earlier uh, their some of their earlier their earlier music, it's even more weird. It's even more experimental, and I like I just try to put people on game whenever I get an opportunity to because okay. these these guys are awesome. Mr. Not to mention, yeah, I was going to say their their first album, Acrobatic Tenement. It doesn't sound really a super um, much like relationship of command. Like right. you can tell it's the same band, but they. In a four-year span, they made a, a pretty decent jump from from sound to sound. Right, and trying to decipher Cedric's lyrics is a, is is a journey in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like what is that? Send uh, was was send command to the one arm scissor. Do you know what that means? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Or uh, my favorite song, Catacombs. He's like, this gravity is a, a paraplegic horse and carriage. That's either that's either dope or he's having a stroke. Well, like it's... <laughs> Wait, hang on, back up. What'd you say? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what he's talking about, but it yeah. sounds awesome, so I like them. Mister uh, <laughs> Mister James Rambo. So I love music, but yes. I am not someone who is. You're uh, not an aficionado. Like, I'm not. I'm not what you would call an aficionado. Okay. Um, so really, I can offer up things that I really enjoy, um, which is a lot of like. Female pop singers and bring um, it in, We're and like metal and and alternative rock from the nineties. I'm here <laughs> for it. Um, you're, you're, you're Hailstorm might be your band then. I I don't know who that is, but I'll look. You don't one. know about Hailstorm? Hailstorm's okay. dope. Are you ready, um, you ready for some Hailstorm? Because I'll play it for you just right now. Honestly, so my girlfriend turned me on to this this band, uh, the the Regrets. The Regrets. Uh, hmm. It's Regret, but it's E T T E S, like a girl group. Um, oh, like oh, I got it. Okay, uh, yeah. like like the Rockets, uh, but the re- exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me see. What good song are theirs? I mean, their whole first album is. There's one called uh, one. one called Seashore. That seems to be their most popular. Seashore is pretty good. Play um, some, uh, Lacey Lou, play Lacey Lou. Lacey Lou. Okay, let me find L A C L A C Y L O O. Got it. Just played at um, and it's just like, what is it? My girlfriend Katie said it's like if um, if Bikini Kill listened to a bunch of like girl groups and um, like binged a bunch of girl group bands and then wrote an album. Um, like they have an entire song where like the lead singer uh, is like 16 and she writes most of the music and uh, she just has an entire song that's just like fuck you. Like I I'm a young woman. Like she's what is she like? Um, you know, my tits aren't that big, and I have acne, and my hair gets greasy sometimes, but I don't give a shit, and you shouldn't either. Uh, and it's just awesome. It's like... <laughs> how, can you, how can you argue with that? I was like, <laughs> I'm like, sitting here as like a 34-year-old man, like, yeah! Yeah, you feel good about yourself. <laughs> sometimes my belly hangs over my pants. I don't even care. Yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really good stuff. Nice. Um, I, as far as like a, an artist that means a lot to me, okay. even though I haven't heard... I don't know... I don't even know if they've made a recent song in the last like ten years. Uh, Everclear, I love Everclear. That's, I grew up. That's um, okay because that is a band that I actually chose on this list as that was something that was slept on. Awesome, man! Like, because I feel like they got a couple of good songs and everybody's like, "Oh, I know this song," but they got like like three or four albums that are dude, freaking gold. So much for the Afterglow is rock yeah. solid. Right. Um, yeah. Growing up with an alcoholic father and a manic depressive mother, me and Art Artilexakis have a lot in common. 
and that dude was writing songs just for me. Um, so you know, <laughs> he's like in the liner in the liner notes. This is for you, James this Rambo. This is for James Rambo. I don't know who that is. Some kid in Hyattsville, Maryland. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, like Chemical Smile. That's oh god, yeah. that whole song. Um, there's so many songs about yeah, oh god, oh, yeah. yeah. And this one, like everything to everyone, you everybody knows somebody like this. Uh-huh. Where like. Their whole life, their whole persona is defined by what everybody else thinks yeah. about them. And like, this, like, you're hearing this in high school, and you're just like, damn, dude, how is this guy so in touch with, like, the world? And then, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because, you know, everybody wants to be like, well, I don't care what people think. Of course you do. If you don't care what anybody thinks, you would be wearing, like, you know, rubber clothes and you'd live <laughs> in the woods. But you don't. You, know, like, <laughs> you live, you're a part I mean, of society. Speak you, for yourself. You, like. I mean, I, I might have dreams. Um, <laughs> It, you know, everybody has has this this. We we're tribal creatures. We want to fit in society. We want to have friends. We want to you know feel accepted and belong. Um, and sometimes people take that too too far a degree, um, and it's a bummer. Um, but yeah, it's it, yeah. it's a he's a guy who writes really personal songs, really personal lyrics. Um, it's it's very different from another favorite band of mine, Bush, which a lot of Bush's lyrics are like seriously, like get just, out of my head, man, because Bush yeah. is on this list too. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't. It can't hurt that we're both like kids of the nineties. <laughs> it's true, you know, chubby chubby white dudes that grew yeah. up in the DC metro area. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, we Steve and I joke about that too. That like, um, a lot of our shows are the Mike and Steve agree about everything show. <laughs> Like, Do you know about this thing? Yeah, I love it. Me too. Yeah. Long silence. There's the podcast. <laughs> and there's an episode. Not um, a lot of back and forth with these now. <laughs> Steve, what else? You, like, I, we're going to try to... We could, as always, we could do music and talk about that for six hours, and it, it would be wonderful. Um, I think what we'll do is we'll let everybody pick one more. Um, yeah, of that the, works. Yeah, and then we'll sure. go into our, our favorite comic book moments. Steve, go ahead and give me your next pick, buddy. Yeah, and what I'll do is I'll just give a quick list of, oh, yeah, of the of other ones I picked. Yeah. One I've been crazy about is a thing called Arion. I can't really call it a band, but look into that. It's it's amazing. Um, some of the drummer from Dream Theater, when he left some of his side projects, like the Winery Dogs and Sons of Apollo, um, they're like super groups. So if you've heard of the bands like, oh, I don't know, TSO, Mr. Like Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Mr. Yeah. Big, yeah. Um, Dream Theater, like guys from those bands. Yeah, you were saying like Red, Hot, Red awesome. Hot Chili Peppers is involved in this too somehow, right? Yeah, that's the next one, Chicken Foot. So that guitarist I've mentioned a bunch of times, <laughs> Joe Satriani, stupidest name in the world, but they're awesome. <laughs> Chicken Foot? It's one of those things where you say it and you're like, I'm not sure if you made that up or not. If you say it like confident enough, I'll just have to believe you. It does sound like one of the bands that we would have come up with. Like, and I'll have it to is, sure. Yeah, it's so dumb. Yeah, we have but we have like has... an entire list of bands that we created at one point. Like, um, Steve, uh, what was it? Uh, Greedo and the Nerd Holes. Um, there was. <laughs> yeah, what were some of the other ones? Yeah, uh, Kitty, Kitty Cat Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds really good. Yeah. Um, um, More of them will have to come. Yeah, yeah, I remember Greedo and the Nerd Holes. That was my yep. favorite one. But. Um, Mike Screen and the no, B-Pops. Chicken Foot, they're a real band. I'm talking about the guitarist Joe Satriani. Yeah. He's, like, amazing. You might have heard of Michael Anthony and Sammy Hagar. They both played in Van Halen for a while. And then Chad Smith, the drummer from Red Hot Chili Peppers, it looks exactly like Will Ferrell. That's the band. <laughs> yes. They're pretty freaking awesome. Like, wow. stupid name, amazing band. So just check them out. But the, the one artist I want to talk about, and I, I'm sure a lot of – you guys are familiar with Adult Swim – and yep. the, the show Metalocalypse. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Brendan Small, 
He's the the mastermind behind that, and he's been doing like animation stuff all the way back to like home movies. You guys ever watch that show? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just really, really creative dude. And he is obsessed with metal music. If you ever watch Metalocalypse, he does the the guitar work and the vocals for that. He's absurdly show. talented. It's crazy. And he has his own albums like under his name and he was like his whole stories he was always like dude i never thought i was good enough to play guitar in front of everyone like i was so nervous like i loved animation because no one was looking at me like i'm always just so nervous about like being in front of people doing my thing i never thought i was gonna be good enough at guitar and then like when you hear the guy play you're like holy crap this guy can play (laughs) um so i mean obviously like death clock is a fictional band like they've had I have three death albums and then they did this masterful rock opera thing but he's released two under his name uh they're both it's galacticon and galacticon 2 because you know brennan small he's a weirdo but he's like creative awesome weirdo not like not like david bowie weirdo but kind of in that same kind of thing <laughs> um he and, had a oh comic, my gosh like, if you it, like the only way i can describe it is a metal apocalypse it is metalocalypse in every sense of the word like this is the life that this guy leads that show is more fictional biography of this man's real life based on his own solo stuff and we'll play a little uh, my name is murder by brendan small right now dude like i mean these albums are so good i can't i can't talk enough of them what draws me to music because i'm I'm a big metalhead it needs to be fast and heavy guitar written and and drums to back it i don't care what kind of vocals it comes with it can be extremely melodic it can be extremely raw um whatever kind of vocals you want to add to it but if i'm if i'm looking at metal i need it to be fast powerful high bps that kind of stuff and man he he has some licks in in these albums it'll just melt your brain and in typical prog rock fashion um as rambo mentioned too there is a comic book that goes with it too. Yeah, I thought they they they, they adapted at least an issue or something of it. Yeah, That's it fantastic. looks like it. Yeah, um, and the, let me read this. There was a time when I didn't know if I was going to uh, do the second Death Clock album. I had the studio lined up and the players lined up and the engineer and co-producer and all that shit. And unfortunately, the guys we were negotiating with went on vacation and left things kind of dead. So I said, okay, fuck this. I'm going to spend my own money and get these guys doing something. That's Brendan Small's quote about this album. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can appreciate that kind of dedication, you know? Like, that that sounds like something we would have done at GGR, where it was like, well, we were waiting for somebody else to do something, and they never did it, so yeah, fuck it, we'll do GGR. Um, that's yeah, that's awesome, Steve. Like that is that is freaking wonderful. Um, it's it's someone like it's, you might have slept on because you know the big popular thing, you know Metalocalypse yeah. if you're into that world, but you might not know about his stuff. And I slept on it for so long, and I finally like, you know, when you go down a Wikipedia hole and you oh, yeah. you, you end up 17 pages away from where you started, and you're yeah. like reading about whatever. I've stumbled on his name and and these albums, and I was like, yes, I'm yeah. getting these tonight. Yeah. Uh, Marcus, what else you got, man? Give me one. Uh, give me one more, and then uh, and then uh, Rambo will do one. Then I'll do one, and then we'll get into our right, uh, uh, well, best comic book moments. Yeah, but I've had like four names on here. If I have to pick somebody, um, yeah, I'll go with the Flowbots because I I feel like a lot of people know the Handlebar song because it was such a huge song like ten years ago. I actually have a really funny story about that. That song? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, so I think everyone I think everyone knows the Handlebar song, and it was such a big song, and then they kind of fell off as far as like popular music music was concerned because you know their next couple songs didn't really pop off like that. Their next couple projects didn't really pop off like that. 
And I own that. For, I own. I own this. I bought the. I bought this album because I was curious. You know, I, yeah. I wanted to hear. You know, what the rest of the band sound like, and it was cool. And then I just kind of fell off. Didn't really listen to them for a while. And then I just kind of had one of those aha moments where this song came on. I was like, oh yeah, I wonder if they've done anything recent. So then I went back and discovered like, oh crap, they put like three albums out and an EP, and they're like touring. Oh crap. And in going and discovering some of their more recent music and also some of their music they did prior to this song, their sound is so like it's so sonically different than what you got on this album. Like this album, you got a lot of kind of popular sounding stuff. That, like there wasn't a, a lot of uh, experimentation, very straightforward as far as what they were doing. Yeah, and a lot of their a lot of their later music, like the other band members, are a bit more incorporated into like the songwriting. Like they take over vocals sometimes. Uh, the violinist has like more prominent roles in the instrumentation, and a lot of the, like it's it's really even if it were just instrumental, like a lot of their instrumentation is just very gorgeous to listen to. And I slept on them, and I think a lot of people are. You know, they're another group I try to put people on when I get an opportunity to. Uh, yeah. I wonder how much of that was like outside influence, because there's a there's a whole thing with um, Pink. Mm-hmm. Pink's first album is like an R and B album, like, straight up. Legitimately, yep. And the studio was like, "Yeah, you're an R and B singer." And she's like, "No, I, I want to do more like like kind of rock stuff, but it's like <laughs> a little bit R and B. It's like fusions." Like, great. So R and B album, right? And then the second <laughs> album she did is completely different. Yeah, you know that's also true for Kelly Clarkson. Her first album yeah. was her, her first album was very R and B influenced, and then she really kind of broke out when she did Breakaway and Behind These Hazel Eyes, but stuff that was like more pop rock and, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, so, the Flowbots. Um, Jax, my son, had just been born. And I had been... When, and Steve, you can attest to this because you have a, a little guy at home. Those first few months when you have a little guy, you don't really get any outside stimulus as far as music or movies or TV. You might be able to watch an episode of Friends that's on a rerun on Nick at Night. <laughs> <laughs> but that's about it. I'm working in if a video. You're lucky. If you're lucky, I'm working in a video game store as a manager, right? And I just come back from like a good two weeks off of getting accustomed to being with a baby. And one of my guys goes, "Oh shit, that guy's in the Flowbots." And I'm like, "Fucking what?" I'm like, "What?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, "I'm like, what's a Flowbot?" Like, and I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking it's because like my nerd brain. I'm at a video game store. I'm thinking it's like. It's like some sort of like like mech suit, you know? Like yeah. that's what I'm thinking. I'm like a flowbot, like it shoots water out of its hands. Like what does it do? Uh, so the dude comes up to the counter. I'm like, what's up, man? And he's like, hey, how you doing? In the flowbots, like throws like throws his head back at me, right? He's like, I'm in the flowbots. I'm like, I don't know what that is. And he looked so defeated. Oh. And he was just like, we're a band and we're playing a show in Fredericksburg. And he's just like, but it doesn't fucking matter because you don't know who I am. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. And I explained to him, I was like, I just had a kid. And I showed him a picture. I was like, this is my son. I was like, I haven't seen shit in like months. I was like, I don't know what the outside world, tell me of the outside world. And he just kind of laughs and he's just like, it's cool, man. And he like gave me their album and I listened to it. It was pretty good. And I was like, all right. <laughs> All right, Flowbots, I can dig you. And it was just like, and he tried to explain a song to me. He's like, have you ever heard our song? It's, it's called Handlebars. And now that I'm explaining to you, it sounds kind of dumb. And, he's and I'm like, trying, like, sing it to <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Every celebrity needs that. They need somebody yeah. who are like, uh, what? Sorry, seven. Yeah. I don't understand. What was <laughs> yeah. that? That was a movie. I, I, okay. I mean, I, cool. Good Brad, for you. Brad. Yeah. Brad Pite. Pite. Is that Pit? Oh, Pit. Oh. 
Oh, oh, that's fantastic. I, I yelled I yelled what's in the box like five times. Like <laughs> you never seriously, you've never seen it? No, sorry, man. Awesome. <laughs> so, I just love that you completely deflated him. We were like, I don't know what that is. But I, yeah. I felt I felt bad. I legitimately felt bad because he seemed like a cool dude and he was so proud of himself. Just feeling was, himself hard. He was just, just like, like he was yes. like Sup. I'm in the flowbots. I'm like Okay. I'm in I'm in and GameStop. You, know you did it in a way where it wasn't like you were trying to be cooler than him. You're no. genuinely like, I have no idea who you are, what's is. happening. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't tell you. Like, um, are you going to buy something or what are you doing? Are you <laughs> a cyborg to give shitty haircuts? Or what's going on? <laughs> what's. What? It's a music. cyborg to give shitty haircuts. It's a little Floby reference for you there. <laughs> I appreciate <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Oh, Keep come for fresh. Come for the music. <laughs> stay for the Floby references. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> oh, guys, if you've been listening to this and you've been enjoying this, you are listening to Mike on the Mic on the Rock Deep Rogue Radio Network. We are sponsored by GGR. That is the Great Geek Refuge. You should check out both of these sites. Our site for Rock Deep Rogue Radio is going to be rockdeeprogueradio.com. Uh, there's music, talk, there's sports, there's uh, pop culture, there's relationships, there's... All sorts of things. I mean, it, it's just a lot of great content, a lot of great contributors that we have on Rock Deep Rogue Radio. So definitely go check it out. But also, too, GGR. That is greatgeekrefuge.com. What is that? It's it's everything under the sun. If you are passionate about something, whether it's comic books, movies, music, sports, TV, video games, this is the place for you. It is a refuge for you to go to talk about these things, to read these things, all sorts of great stuff. Um, I did just do a tribute to uh, the late Anthony Bourdain, who uh, passed away uh, earlier this morning, uh, which he was a, a hero of mine. He was a huge inspiration. Um, so I wrote a little tribute for him. If you guys want to read that, it's on uh, the website. You can check it out. Um, but there's also a lot of great stuff, a lot of great content as far as our podcasts go. So there was my shameless plug for both of the projects that I'm working <laughs> on. Um, Rambo, give me your last band, and then I'll go ahead and do mine. Um, and then we'll go into uh, our favorite comic book moments. All right. Um, so, like I said before, I'm, I'm big on the, the Lady Pop singer, so I'm between, uh, some, between that and a completely different guy, so I'll, I'm gonna talk about both. Um, you should listen to Carly Rae Jepsen's second album, it's amazing, it's called Emotion, it's E-Motion, um, and it's so much fun. Um, so there's that. Uh, unapologetic, I unapolog- Absolutely, yeah, that's, oh god, the older I get, the more I'm just like, yeah, I like this thing, fuck off. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> wonderful, um, but the so the the other thing I want to talk about was there's a guy named Jack Garrett. Yeah, uh, it's G A R R A T T, um, and he has one album out. It's called Phase. It came out like a year or two ago, um, and I saw him perform on the Daily Show, um, and it was like a one man band thing. It was just him by himself with a guitar and a synthesizer and a keyboard. Wow. And it's like a full song. Uh, the song that he played was called Worry. Got it um, right here. And it is this really beautiful voice. Um, really like heavy R&B, but like heavier more on the blues than the R&B. Okay. Um, but with a lot of instrumentation and electronic stuff. You see, you'll hear that more in the like, other parts of the album. Um, like he has one song uh, called... Uh, Coalesce, and then parentheses, Synesthesia Part 2. Um, so I'm pretty sure he's synesthetic because you see him talk in interviews and he's clearly really uncomfortable and he seems like one of those guys where his personality comes up in his art. Yeah. Um, but it's just really, like, super chill, really beautiful um, melodic music. Awesome. Awesome, man. 
What's his first name? Jack. J A C K. And then it's Garrett. G A R R A T. Jason Garrett, the coach of the Cowboys, and I'm like, <laughs> that would be a really weird album. And it's, yeah, he has a side project where he just has a lot of music stuff. But ultimately, I mean, that would be better than his football career because he's not doing much there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that wow. sounds amazing. Yeah. Like that's, I, I, what I've garnered from our conversation is everyone here is really into people that do a lot of great vocals and instrumentation, and no one here is just content with a flat beat with nonsense over top of it. You know, I, I like that about this group. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why I assembled this council of uh, of like minds. <laughs> Um, my next one, I'm, I'm going with a theme here. Okay. Um, my next one. Are you going to say the toadies? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm going in with, with, uh, in reference to amazing acts that I slept on. Okay. Until after they passed. We're going to play a little bat dance right now. I was going to say, are we going to, are we going to talk about Prince still? Yeah. <laughs> Always respected Prince. Always thought he was kind of weird. Hey, man, he was really funny in those Dave Chappelle skits. <laughs> it wasn't until after he passed away that I really appreciated his music. And, like, blown away by how good it was. And, like, just how incredibly talented he was. And, and enigmatic. I mean, totally. Like, the guy was, was kind of out there. But I think that, and we've talked about this before in prior episodes, that kind of is what makes artists good in a way is, is they have yeah. to see things in a different way they can't just be a you know some random dude who's like hey man let's you know let's go watch uh gray's anatomy like <laughs> nobody watching gray's anatomy does good music okay let's just be honest um but prince prince would just just blew me away as i started going into his catalog of stuff because like i had like if you're looking at my like my spotify playlist i have probably like five or ten prince songs after his passing it like tripled I was like, this guy's incredible. The Nothing Compares to You by yeah, Sinead Okano. It was actually him. And he did a version of it, and I think his version's better. Like, I'm, I'm in the minority, it seems, where I, I still prefer hers. Okay. But it's like, at the same time, it's yeah. like, oh, do you want a, you know, an incredible burger or this really good chicken sandwich? Like, they're, it's, it, it's going to be really good, no matter what. <laughs> yeah. No matter what you do, yeah, it's there's, good. It's always going to be great. Yeah. Just like the Darling Nikki. Uh what we were talking about before, like the Foo Fighters. I yeah. like the Foo Fighters version better. I do too. But that's yeah. because the Foo Fighters are my favorite band. It was also my initial exposure. Okay. Like I heard, I heard yeah. the Foo Fighters cover first, yeah. and then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Somebody, I want to say somebody on DC 101 played both that and the Prince version, but yeah. they played them in opposite order. Yeah. So they played the Foo Fighters version first, and then they yeah. played the Prince version. Yeah. I, I want to, I wanted to mention Prince because he's awesome. He's on this playlist. Again, follow the playlist. It's on Spotify as Slept On Bands. I'm going to play one now, Steve, and this is super controversial, and this is why it's slept on, because I think, and this is just my opinion, I think when Ronnie James Dio was headlining Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath was better. I know a lot of metal fans would agree with you. I love Ronnie James Dio. <laughs> I, I do, too. There's, there's a band that's toured with Dream Theater a couple times named Queensryche, yeah. and they did an album called Operation Mindcrime, and they did the sequel, and the one character, Dr. X, was Ronnie James Dio, and that was one yeah. of the last things he did before he passed oh, away. Dude. That's fantastic. And, like, I mean, just from, from start to finish, that yeah. dude's a rocker. Dude, and, like, Heaven and Hell, this might be my favorite, dude, yeah. this might be my favorite Black Sabbath song ever. I mean, and, War, and War Pigs oh, is amazing. God. Yeah, don't get me wrong, man, I love yeah. Ozzy, but Dio's got an absurd yeah. range. Yeah. Like, that man can belt out a song. Yeah. Yeah, he him. packed 10, 10 feet of awesome into a five foot man. He's yeah. such a little guy. He was. He was tiny. <laughs> but like in um 
in uh, Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny <laughs> when, he, when he shows up singing to Jack Black on that poster. Like that was yeah, that I'd was, be inspired too, right? Here's the whole scene going from Meatloaf, to Jack Black to Ronnie James Dio, and then back to Meatloaf and Jack Black. I mean, you yeah. just cry. Yeah, right. Um, speaking of Meatloaf, he's actually on this list too. Um, As well, he should be. If you've never heard his original "Bad Out of Hell" album, Dude, it's yeah, it's really good. It's an incredible, incredible album. I'm gonna skip this little intro because um, it's like a spoken word intro, but I'm gonna get him right into uh, "You Took the Words Right Out of My Mouth." Almost sounds like Bruce Springsteen when you first hear it. Initially, yeah, yeah. And then as it gets into yeah. the song, like it, there, it goes to a whole nother level. It's the it's the guitar and then like the what is it, the bells? Yeah, the, the the yeah yeah the bells right there. Yeah yeah the sleigh bells. But like, me loves voice. Just like it, just it's like, it's like it punches you in the stomach, but then gently caresses you. <laughs> it's like you're like, wow. I just I don't know what to do with myself. I'm hurt, but I'm I'm also being loved. This is wonderful. So you're saying his casting as I believe it was Bob and Fight Club. Uh, that would be Robert Paulson. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, with the giant breasts. You're saying yeah. that was perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was. It was insightful casting. On uh, David Fincher's part, um, <laughs> I um, I just I think he was underrated. I think that he, a lot of people just look at him and think of him as a novelty act. I think the recurring thing we're finding with a lot, particularly with with your choices, yeah, is it's believe the hype. Like yeah. Yeah. this thing is as good as people says it is. Yes. Say it is. Yes. Um, and we're kind of particularly for like Meatloaf, we're kind of a generation removed from a lot of it. Where, oh, yeah. You know, they were super popular for maybe our parents or like later into our parents' lives. Yeah. Um, and now we've all kind of fallen out of touch with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah. No, yeah. Everything, everything you said, I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> the, the, last, the last song I want to touch on before we transition into our comic book conversation. Um, this song... Africa by Toto. <laughs> now, of course. This has been... Th- there's, a, there's an 8-bit version that I use that we close out every episode of the show with, right? For good reason. I And this is... You know, have you guys gotten to the point where you're old enough where you don't know if something has gotten popular because people are being ironic and trying to be funny? Or if it's because or it's actually awesome? Really like it, yeah. Yeah. That's what Toto for, by uh, Africa by Toto has become with me, is I think it's an amazing song. But I also noticed that everybody's covering it now. And, like, the whole younger generation loves this song. But are they loving it ironically? And it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, I don't fucking care because I love this song. We're, we're at a, I think we're at a point where memes have basically kind of softened irony to the point where it's, it's almost been removed yeah. from, from, the, from the equation where it's like, yeah, this is great. I like it. And that's as far as it goes. It, it stops right there. Yeah. It's, it's not like there's, like, some of the cynicism... All, all the cynicism you, you, you save for the real world disappears <laughs> in terms of your enjoyment for things. That's true. Um, yeah. So people were like, yeah, the world's on fire. I really like this song. That's great. I'm listening to this song while, you know, <laughs> this fucking psychopath's in the White House. <laughs> like, <laughs> as much as I can, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and find joy wherever I can. I live, in, I live in Flint, Michigan. I haven't had drinkable water in like 15 years, but fuck, I love Africa. Yeah, you know? yeah it's great. <laughs> I just, Steve, how do you, are you on the same wavelength with us on this one where you're just, you don't even know what's ironically hip anymore and you just don't care? I'm even a level removed from that because, you know, and Mike, you know damn well that I barely, barely function on social media. Yeah, this is true. So I don't even know what people are finding popular ironic, let alone what I'm supposed (laughs) to do based off of that. So if you guys are confused, I have no chance. I I mean, I'm done. I made a a joke to Steve. Um, 
um, via uh, text message about, uh, about Handmaid's Tale. And he's like, I haven't watched it yet. And I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to explain it to you because I'm going to wait till you watch it. I'm willing to wait for the slow burn. It's so worth it when you get this joke. Like in a year, you'll get it. And you'll make like, you know, the, um, I always call it the Carter Peterschmidt laugh from Family Guy. The one note, ha. Like he's going to do, do that. And I'm going to be like, worth it. So to talk, you know, to, to, to piggyback on yep. the irony thing. Yeah. Um, there have been two examples of... Um, it's more to say covers. It's just uh, new versions of songs yeah. that are, you know, very ironically, non-ironically loved. And yeah. it's uh, Take On Me by AHA and um, Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. Who and covered? Who covered? So that's the thing. Neither neither of them are covers because they're by the original artists. They've just come back. For anybody who's seen Deadpool 2, yeah. there's that uh, acoustic version of Take On Me. That is AHA. No shit. That oh. is them playing that. Really? That is them performing that. In a, it was a live acoustic performance in England a year or so ago. Yeah. Uh, and you can find, there's a video online of, of, of them singing it. Yeah. Um, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but the the um, the Rick Astley thing is there's a, uh, there's a group I want to say in Canada called Choir, Choir, Choir. And it's a bunch of choral singers who all get together and perform popular music. Nice. And the guy who runs it, who is one of the, like, the actual musicians that plays on stage, challenged Rick Astley to come out and perform um, uh, uh, perform with them. Well, and and he I think did. I, I think he ended up like what ended up happening was is Rick Astley was a joke, and it was he was a joke. He was a joke. He was a joke. He was a joke. And then everybody forgot that it was a joke. Yeah. And then they were like, this yeah. fucking song is awesome. It's and then, great. Yeah, it was, yeah, and it was too late. Like, yep. it was, yeah. You can you can absolutely find on YouTube the video of Rick Astley performing with Choir, Choir, yeah. Choir, performing Never Gonna Give You Up. He played and with the Foo Fighters, too. That was, oh, And they played that song. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's a beautiful performance, particularly yeah. when you get, like, this entire... It, imagine, like, the Black Cat filled with people, and yeah. they're all choral singers. Wow. And so it's everybody performing, and it's, like, genuinely, like, really... You know, heartfelt and and, and appreciated. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's I, I highly recommend everybody who listens to this look that up. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, so again, if you want to check this playlist out, it is on Spotify. It is Slept On Bands. Uh, just look it up. It's under my name, Mike Lunsford. You guys can find it there, and listen and enjoy it and add some music as well. Thank you for listening to our Slept On Band playlist. Make sure you check out part two of this podcast, which is all about our favorite comic book moments. This has been Mike on the Mike on Rock Deep Rogue Radio, sponsored by GGR The Great Geek Refuge.